just like we said would happen, farm workers coming together to speak out about a law that was ostensibly to help them, to help farm workers, but it's hurting them. This new agricultural overtime law, we've talked a lot about this on the program. We talked about that hearing uh, last spring um, where a proposal was out there to actually ease the burden, uh, not just on farmers, but on farm workers and allow them to make more money during busy seasons. Of course, the uh, state powers that be didn't allow that to move forward. But I think a lot of folks were surprised just how much of an outcry there was at that time from the farm worker community, the frustration about this new overtime law for agriculture in Washington Well, that outcry has gotten that much bigger and an event this week bringing together hundreds of farm workers speaking out on this issue. Welcome this morning here on The Farming Show. Uh, I am Dylan Honkoop. Glad to have you uh, here this morning. And uh, joining me this morning is uh, State Representative Alex Ibarra. Alex, you spoke at the event. Talk about, for, and we can get into the backdrop of this issue and all the stuff that's been going on. But first, let's talk about what were these hundreds of workers saying? What were they interested in? What were they there for at this event Thursday night? Well, thanks, Dylan, for having me on your show, and thanks for the invitation. Um, yeah, so what we did is uh, we've been hearing from a lot of farm workers, from farmers. Everybody's very frustrated about this overtime bill that passed just a couple of years ago. Uh, this year, the farm workers, um, after 48 hours, they um, have to get or they're going to get overtime. And so what that means to the farmers and the farm workers altogether is that they don't get as many hours as they used to because of the law. They don't make as much money that they usually bank and they take mm-hmm. back to their homes in, in Mexico or wherever they're from. And so they're, the outcry is, is tremendous. There was one a farm worker that talked to us that basically said over the last some years, he's been working 3,000 hours of of farm labor. And he said, this year, I'm going to get 1500 Half. That's half the amount of funding that he would have. These Brutal. folks are up here. These folks are up here to make money to send back to their homes. These, year, these people are here just to work, mm-hmm. just to work harvest, not a, a eight to, to five job. So we're talking about guest workers as well as domestic work, people who live here, but a lot of folks who come from out of town, a lot of folks from Mexico and other countries as guest workers, they're here just to make as much money as they can and go back home. During harvest, yes. So harvest is when they make their big bucks is when yep. the apples are ripe, the cherries are ripe, and that's when they get all their hours to work and uh, make the funds that they want to make. And the farmers, at least this is what I've been hearing, are saying, we just can't afford to pay for a, a percentage of the um, the hours that ha- the labor hours that have to go into a harvest season or a pruning season or different busy times of the year we can't afford to pay 50 percent more for some of that labor we just don't have the margin for it is that what you're hearing as well i'm hearing exactly that i'm hearing that the farmers when those folks get to 48 hours it uh, could be noon on a thursday and these farmers are telling the, the employees that they there's no more work. Your overtime is used up. We can't afford to keep you anymore for those for the until the next Monday. So they're sitting around all weekend long, not doing anything, and all they got was 48 hours, which is a minimal amount of money 
previous years they yeah. could work as much as they wanted and make as much money as they wanted. Well, and as I've said before here on the show, when I was young and still doing farm work, I exploited that very thing myself. Sure. And was, hey, when it's busy season and there are hours to be had, I'm going to get as many as I possibly can. Yep. But I know the farmers that I was working for, mostly my dad, but others too. <laughs> but even my dad would have said, you know, if he would have been forced to pay overtime at a certain point, he would say, sorry, I just don't have the margin. And what I'm doing for that, you you need to call it a week. Right. And at that point, yeah, I, I would have been ticked too yeah. I, because I would want to get as many hours as I can because I know it's for a short time and then things are going to slow down and... You aren't picking berries, picking apples, making hay, any of that kind of stuff in December, in January. And right. <laughs> when are you going to get those hours? Yeah, where most of us work 40-hour weeks for 52 weeks uh, fifty-two weeks a year, these guys work probably for nine, nine months to eight months. Most of the hours come during harvest, which is September through November. And that time is where they make their funds after November they go to December, January, and February, there is no work. So they have to make as much money as they can to supply for the rest of the year, for the next four months, where there's hardly any work. Washington State Representative Alex Abaro with us right now here on The Farming Show on KGMI, talking about agricultural overtime. So that's the issue to get you caught up if you haven't been following this. And certainly we've talked a lot about this on the show. What's new is there is a growing movement of workers speaking out on this and um, wanting to have their voice heard by Olympia, do some workers feel, I would imagine there's some frustration directed at the farmers too, like, hey, why are you cutting my hours? Sure. So most of these, I'd say maybe about half the workers here, half of them are migrant, the others are from different countries. So they basically blame the farmers for not letting them work. And unfortunately, it's, they have no idea because they're from a different country and they don't know exactly how the United States government works. Right. And so during this event that we uh, put together, we basically just said, it's not the farmer's fault. Whose fault it is, is the legislature to pass that law. I'm a legislator. I voted no for that particular mm -hmm. bill. Um, but it passed through from the other side of the aisle who wanted this overtime bill. And so when that happened, then... It goes into effect, and what we were. This is exactly what we we're explaining to the farm workers. And basically, what I said is, I need your voice to tell me what you would like, not somebody from the other side of the mountains telling me that's not a farm worker that doesn't know how harvest works, how people get paid, and how they do it. Telling th them over here in Eastern Washington how it works hmm. and that's what they're doing most yep. of the people that are pushing yep. this live in seattle or they live in tacoma or they live in these big cities and don't mm -hmm. even have no idea what farm workers, farm workers go through to me that's offensive but uh i, I not, not the first time i've said that in on this show uh for people to think they know better that's exactly the kinds of things that we hear about around social justice issues of oh, you know don't talk down to people don't misunderstand them actually hear their story walk in their shoes yet that's the same thing that these folks who often lecture us on those kinds of issues are doing and i i view this as a social justice issue ultimately at the end of the day now i guess i haven't mentioned we're talking with state representative alex abara we are here in quincy washington this morning you represent, I, I'm blanking, what's your district number? District 13. 13. Yep, so I represent Yakima County, uh, uh, north part of Yakima County, all of Kittitas County, and most of Grant County. So you grew up around here and around the farming 
world, you know what it's like. Sure. So my, just like me, working on farms, picking fruit. Yep. My mom and dad were migrant workers for many years in the... In fact, my whole family from the 30s, 1930s to hmm. 1960s. Uh, in 1960, my dad got a full-time job in Quincy, Washington. Hmm. Six months later, I was born. I was the fourth kid. And so when that happened, that we weren't buying workers anymore, but we were working in the fields. In third grade, I was put in the fields uh, to thin and weed uh, sugar beet, um, beans, and, other, and pick fruit, pick uh, cherries, yeah apples, grapes, and so did a lot of farm working, worked in the plants uh, for packing potatoes, uh, making french fry at Lamb Weston. Uh, so basically was in the ag field my whole life until I went off to college and I got a degree and got a different job. I know, um, you know, you and I have talked quite a bit. We're both, you know, small farm town kids. We grew up around that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this kind of stuff is second nature to us. Yep. And it almost takes an education for people like us to be like, wait, people don't understand this. They don't recognize that's how this works in this world, Mm -hmm. this world of farming. What are you, you're super well connected in this community. What are people talking about around town? Overtime labor for farm workers. That's what they're talking about. That's what every, the farmers are mad because their workers are mad at them for not letting (laughs) them work. Yeah. And these guys just want to work. They want to make that funds that they were making before. And these laws are not helping, even though they say in the legislature that these laws are here to protect the farm worker, but it's not, it's hurting them. What about within the Latino community, you know, such a vibrant Latino community in this whole part of the state, particularly here in Quincy, as well as other spots, you're very plugged in with that community. What, what's people's heart on this? What, what, do they, what do they say? Same thing. It's the same thing. It's depending on who the person is, but Latino population, they want to work. They don't mm-hmm. want to stay home. They can stay home all winter long. When it's harvest yep. time, that's when they make their money. Even the folks that live in town. The folks that work in the, in the orchards, in the in the ag world, that's where they make the money during harvest because they get to work a lot of hours and they make a lot of money by picking more or pick, picking more fruit because they can work more hours. That's how it works around here because that's, that's why we call it a small ag town. Yep. And that's how it works. They just don't know it. Now, your brother, and, and by the way, we're talking with State Representative Alex Abara, 13th District uh, Representative. We're here in Quincy this morning, his hometown, his home base. Um, talking about this agricultural overtime issue and the event that happened Thursday night, uh, apparently more events coming, uh, workers, more and more workers across the state uh, wanting to come together and raise their voice about this issue to be heard, uh, to join this movement. Um, I was here Thursday night to see that at the park here in town, and it was an incredible thing. I I want to say in the neighborhood of 500, maybe even more people there in the park gathered around uh, talking about this, getting information, getting plugged in. Um, what's Representative Abar, what's your message to those folks concerned about that? What should people be doing about this right now? Well, I think what happened Thursday was what we wanted to happen. We, I thought there was going to be maybe 100. If I was lucky, we'd get 100 <laughs> people there to listen to the message, which was, we want to hear what you want. We don't want other people to tell us what we want in town. Yeah. We, I want to hear, since I'm a legislator and I can go to Olympia, I can carry your voice to Olympia and let them know what you folks want, not what they think you want. 
Yep. So I'm going to get it from you guys and not from anybody else. You guys are the farm workers. So it has to come from you to me. And then I can really get on to Olympia and tell them what they want, not what they think they want. And the, the event organized by protectfarmworkersnow.org as well as Center for Latino Leadership. So people who are interested in that can go to uh, Protect Farm Workers Now. There is a way for folks to sign up to speak out on that issue. A lot of stuff available in Spanish there um, for farm workers uh, who are interested in, in more info and, and sending messages even to Olympia. Also Center for Latino Leaders. Uh, .org, uh, and those folks have been very plugged in uh, to helping facilitate this kind of activity, these kinds of events. Um, I certainly, you know, I've gotten to know those folks of late, and it's been great. It's been refreshing to work with Maya and her whole team there. Um, they're doing yeoman's work uh, to, to make stuff happen. Um, and it would lo- I would love to see groups like that more supported, uh, more visible. Uh, people going to that community for the truth about issues rather than listening to other people who honestly, you know, there are other groups out there voicing opinions on these kinds of issues, um, purporting to speak for the farm worker community. And the more I talk with people actually in that community, they say that voice isn't legitimate. That's not their voice. They're not speaking for them. And they're pointing out these people have a different motive. They have an ax to grind. They're trying to accomplish something entirely different. And to them, it's a political game where what we're talking about here is just the true voice of the people in a very diverse group of people with a lot of different interests, but all frustrated and uh, connected now, unified around this same issue um, as you are a representative in Olympia, representative Abara, what what do you say the temperature is there right now on this issue? Does this even come up on people's radar screen? Well, it's starting. I actually, I just talked to one of the representatives from one of our senators today, just a couple hours ago, and they basically said, yeah, this is bubbling up all to the national level, where we even heard the President Biden speak about this particular issue, um, about they might bring overtime to across the country. And so that's probably the last thing I would ever want to see happen, because I'm seeing the ramifications of that type of law coming yeah. to the state of Washington, and it's all bad. Nobody's making any money. They may not come back. I mean, that's the deal. Part of those workers. migrant workers, yeah. H-2A guys don't want to come up here to work 40 hours. They want to make as much funds as they can yeah. in the time allotted. And that's not happening because of this particular law. Yeah, I've interviewed a lot of guys um, actually out in the orchards in the last month or so um, in different places around the state. And they're all saying pretty much that same thing. And, and guest, you know, I've talked with folks who live here, uh, domestic workers, um, and then, you know, I've talked with, with uh, guest workers uh, from other countries and they're like, mm, we're thinking about it still. You know, I was asked that um, at the event um, and someone said, you know, how, what, what percentage do you, do you think of people may not come back? I said, I don't know. I think a lot of people haven't decided yet. And at least the folks that I've talked to are just mm-hmm. saying, 
we're going to see how this goes, but we're starting to think maybe we don't want to keep coming back here anymore, which would be doomsday for farming here in Washington to not have the people to be able to bring in the harvest. Right. Here's a perfect example. We had the meeting at 4.30 in the afternoon. It was probably 70 degrees out. It's perfect skies. And these folks were not working. 450 farm workers or so, maybe 500 or more. And they were not working. They were sitting not making any money listening to the, the message that we sent, which is great to listen to the message. Mm-hmm. But what they wanted to be doing is working. They had from 4.30 till about 6.30, they made $0. Yeah. And, and they couldn't work because the farmers can't afford to pay the overtime. Yeah, day was done already. Yep, and versus it was 4.30. putting in the... I remember raspberry harvest when I was a kid, you know, especially when things were heavy, you just keep going. Yep. Uh, you got to stay ahead of it. And for me as a kid, as a worker, making money, I was pumped. I'm like, hey, another hour, another X number of dollars. Mm-hmm. I and, love it. And these guys are all, most of those farm workers are young folks from probably 18 to 30, just in general. And these guys have a lot of energy and they know the harder they work, the more money they're going to make. At least that's how it used to be. Not anymore. And it's because of that, the, these types of laws that are coming through the system, through Olympia, that are making their life rougher. Now they may not be coming back. And when we don't have fruit that's getting picked, all of the plants, all of the packing houses don't have fruit to pack. So they're going to go under because there's no fruit, because mm. there's not enough labor to go around uh, to pick all the fruit. And that's what's happening. And it's not so much the labor, it's that they're not getting the hours to pick the fruit. And so everybody goes south on that. And I suppose one of the driving issues on this, too, is just the price that farmers get for food, even though the, the, the numbers that people are paying in the store certainly have gone up and everyone's like, wow, food is expensive. Really, you know, at, from a global perspective, we still pay a tiny percentage of our each of our individual income to, to feed ourselves in this country. And we're very blessed that way, uh, even with the higher food prices. But by and large, those higher food prices have you know, almost none of that has transferred to the farmers, you know, talking with folks here, I know back home in Whatcom County, it's the same thing. A lot of prices are still the same numbers that we've been seeing for 10, 15 years or more, you know, and, and maybe things will come up a little bit. Some things are even the same or lower as they were 10, 15 years ago. And that drives this issue as well. You know, if there were bigger margins, there more money to be had for the food, then there would be more breathing room to make this kind of stuff happen that's not there so everybody's in the squeeze you know an awful lot of farmers around town are they thinking they can survive are they making different plans well i mean we talked about my brother emmanuel he had a he would hire probably a thousand farm workers on a regular basis and some years ago he saw the writing in the wall he -hmm. saw the payroll bill coming through the system he saw these other bills that were going to harm his business and so he basically decided to retire Mm -hmm. at the early age of 49 or 50. And he had plenty of years under his belt that he could have worked, but he saw the writing on the wall because of these types of bills, he decided to get out. And there's a thousand workers he hired on a regular basis. They'd come year after year after year to work with him because they enjoyed working with that farmer. And he just stopped. And those people stopped coming to him and now they have to find another employer, which they may not like as much. And I'm hearing a lot of other farmers too say, I'm not sure how long we can keep doing this. And and one farmer that I was talking with at the event who was there and and helped kind of get things ready, 
He said, you know, I'm going to have, if this keeps going this way, and especially if next year it goes down to 40 hours a week, as the law is scheduled to do, he's like, I'm going to have to change my business model. I'm going to have to grow different crops. I'm going to have to have a lot fewer workers, and it's going to be very different. Yep. So what happens to all those jobs and all that money and all that food that's yep. not produced in, you know, particularly true fruit, which right. the state is famous for, produces the best apples in the world, cherries, and the list goes on and on from there. Um, it, it's a scary thing to see, and we hope that Olympia can come up with an answer that certainly protects workers' needs, but also allows them to maximize their earning potential and protects farms so they can survive the low prices and be able to stay in business here in Washington. Well, I, if I know your audience, they're mostly farmers, so they yeah. already know what the answer is. The answer is if they if they can make more money with a row crop like corn, sugar beet, beans, yeah. then you can do with apples because the the price of labor is so high. Then right. they're going to go there. Go to and, low labor intensity yep. versus yeah. yep. So then all of a sudden the grapes won't be here for all the great wines we have in the state of Washington because that gets picked, right? Somebody's got to do the pruning, and it's all those farm labor folks that come around here to do all that um, great work that they do here. 13th District State Representative Alex Ibarra with us here on The Farming Show this morning. Alex, thank you so much for your time having us here in Quincy. Well, thanks for inviting me, Dylan. Appreciate it.